what's up everybody enzo foster gentleman here hypocritical millennial episode number 30 god damn thank you everybody for checking boy out appreciate the love international enzo out here in the streets so you know i gotta get in my shout outs real fast so what's up to everybody in u.s canada and australia just checking your boy out hola to those in spain hello to those in germany especially my cousin what's up and then Allah, so those in Brazil, hopefully I said that right. As stated, Hypocritical Millennial, episode number 30. We still rocking. We still rolling. Hey, listen, we ain't strolling. We still running through this drawing like a marathon, like the late, great Nipsey Hustle, RIP. Yes. Um, we got a fully locked, loaded episode. In relation to 420, as it's coming to an end, we're going to talk about the history of the tree of life. And why it had such a bad image back in the day. So we're going to get into that. And then some of the positive effects that it can have on human being. <laughs> also, hey, weird news. We're going to talk about dolphins that can have a bromance. Apparently, I didn't know that. And then a Guinness World Record for someone's garden. Apparently, um, there's this guy's garden. He's been like, receiving all these Guinness World Records. So I'm going to talk about some of the records and these like ginormous sized vegetables and stuff that he having is crazy um and then also another guinness world record that i found weird here um apparently someone had a record for watching a particular marvel movie apparently he did a guinness world record for watching movies i didn't know that and then a man suing his job for an unwanted birthday party at work i didn't even know you could sue for that but yeah, we're going to get into that. And then there's Zophiles. We're going to talk about Project Bluebeam. I don't know if anybody's familiar with that or whether you are, but we're going to talk about Project Bluebeam. It's a particular project where some believe that the government has some kind of technology where they're going to try to portray the second coming of Christ to bring along, I guess you could say, the quote-unquote um new world order or one world government so we're gonna get into that all into that real fast the whole history of who started that whole ideology so we're gonna talk about that that's in zoo files and then the celebrity news since it's 420 the top five celebrities that i would like to spend 420 with or who look like you know you have a good time so we're gonna talk about that and then enzo the cupid talk to a few people about top five strains you know tree of life strains that is <laughs> that people would enjoy during 420 so we're gonna give the top five that were mentioned to me that people will love because into the cube is all about love and some people do love this as well <laughs> so episode 30 as stated you know we got a fun interesting episode you know in relation to 420 so before we get into that episode, though, um, I was watching. I don't know if anybody's familiar with Power Force with, uh, you know, Tommy, Tommy Egan. Um, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody. I mean, if you haven't seen it yet, I mean, it is Wednesday. I don't know what's taking you so long, but I I'll give you another week to talk about, it. you know, get to get real deep and all into it. But um, the one thing I find interesting is that. Uh, through this whole thing, my man is using his government name. 
unless like this is his Elias all this time and we didn't know. But he's going around using his 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 full name, and yet you know, no one like as far as cops or anybody is able to find this guy catching. I just find that interesting that everyone just knows him by Tommy Egan. Everyone knows his full name. Isn't that like not not it in the streets? Like, wouldn't you want a, a alias? Why would you want to be using your full name while you're doing the things that you're doing in the streets? I just found that pretty interesting when I was watching the show. And I never really like stopped to think about that when I was watching like the original Power. But as I'm watching Power Force, I'm like, when everybody keeps talking about it, they want to say, kill Tommy Egan. And I'm like, yo, why does everybody know his full name, his full government out here in the streets? I just found that pretty interesting. <laughs> I don't know. Um, maybe I'm tripping 420, whatever. <laughs> no, but for real. Um, let's jump into these episodes, man, because I'm all over the place. I'll be talking all day rapping. So, as always stated, strap up, get ready for the ride. Let's go. Critical Millennium. Enzo Foster, gentlemen here. Um, as we wind down 420, just want to give a brief history lesson in my news blitz. Switch it up a little bit and talk about the reason why marijuana was illegal in the U.S. in the first place, or how it became illegal. So let's go all the way back to the 1600s. So from the 1600s to the 1800s, hemp was harvested in the US and created for multiple materials such as like, you know, rope, paper, and clothing. Now, hemp was also used as legal tender in Virginia, Pennsylvania, and Maryland. This is around 1619. Now, during the 1800s, cannabis products became, you know, popular in medicine. And again, this is back in the 1800s. So it was popular in medicine and this is sold across the nations. So from 1800s to 1906, um, by that time, this is 1906 now, I should say, it it became a requirement for them to label all over-the-counter medicines containing cannabis. This is due to the Federal Food and Drug Act. Now, this act here, um, it said, Oh, no, yeah, due to, yeah, it was a federal food and drug right now. So, yes, you had to label all, like, medicines that contain, you know, THC or, in this case, marijuana within it um, around this time. Now, you couldn't just freely just give it out to people now. So, now around 1910, the Mexican Revolution started down in Mexico, obviously, in Mexico. Um, a lot of Mexican, you know, immigrants, they started to come into the U.S. to escape the violence. Now, while they were, you know, over here in the U.S., you know, they, they were doing, you know, garden work, farming for people in the U.S. And at times when they wanted to take a break or, you know, to relax or if they want to use some kind of medication, they would, you know, use marijuana. But they would use it for recreational use as well and for medicine versus you know how people in you know in the u.s they were only using it for medicine 
um, the people from Mexico or Mexican immigrants, they were coming up and, they, you know, they were just using it, you know, just chilling around and using it for rec recreational use as well. And, you know, this didn't sit right with the Americans because, you know, again, they, you know, didn't use it for recreational use. They only use it for medicine and for making materials and things of that nature. So when they seen them just chilling around smoking it, you know, they were like, well, you know, what's going on? What's this? Now, by this time, they created a name, <laughs> unfortunately, because, you know, they got to be biased here. They created a name for Mexicans who were, you know, smoking marijuana. They called a marijuana menace, or I think it was Mexican menace, because, you know, of course, they got to get to the, you know, racist bag. Uh, so, uh, Texas, due to this and them not being comfortable with what they were seeing, they became the first state to ban the use of marijuana. This is by 1915. So, any Mexicans that were seen smoking marijuana, they would be deported back to Mexico. And then by 1927, became this whole propaganda where newspapers and tabloids now, they were building this campaign against marijuana because they noticed now that, um, let's just say a lot of minorities, well, Mexicans in this case, um, and minorities were using it for recreational use. And then this doesn't this, this sit right with the typical American, or you should say at that time. So, they came out with this propaganda film, and if you look it up, it's pretty ridiculous. Uh, it's called Reefer Madness. Um, now, before I jump to that, because the film came out in 1936, let's just you'll go back a little bit. Because um, in, in the 1930s, um, there was a guy by the name of Harry J. Anslinger. He was the head of the Federal Bureau of Narcotics. Now, he, he started this whole battle against marijuana, but again, like I said, uh, it was pretty racist because it, it was an attack against minorities, pretty much. Um, he stated his claim was that majority of pot smokers were minorities, including African-Americans, and that marijuana had a negative effect on these, and I quote, this is in quotes, degenerate races, um, and end quote, such as inducing violence or causing insanity. Uh, and I don't... I don't I didn't know that marijuana made people insane. But then he said also in quotes, Reefer makes darkies think they're as good as white men. And then uh, also, oh, that's end quote, by the way. <laughs> and then he also believed that one of his fears was that white women would have sex with black men uh, if they smoke marijuana. So that was another reason he was trying to push this whole campaign to stop, you know, the use of marijuana. So now go back to this movie that came out, Reefer Madness. It was a uh, film, it was an anti-marijuana propaganda film that came out in, in 1936, which portrayed people, you know, it is funny because they showed them smoking cigarettes like crazy in there, by the way, which is, again, but different times. So Yes, they were showing smoking cigarettes, but it was a propaganda film against marijuana. So it was showing people either committing suicide, um, having a heart attack. I think it was another person who committed murder or something like that. It was just crazy. 
Uh, people is going insane. Uh, if you check check it out, it's called Reefer Madness. You can look at the little like trailer on like YouTube or something. It's actually pretty funny, especially if you partake in 420 and watch it. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it's it's completely like crazy. Um, but yeah, so by that time they came out with that film, this is in 1936. So by 1937, after this film came out, 46 of 48 states passed the law to ban marijuana use. And this is all maybe because of that film. Maybe it was because of Harry J. Anslinger. He was the head of, again, the Federal Bureau of Narcotics. Maybe because of his campaign. Um, by this time, the same year, they came out with the Tax Act, which passed. And that act pretty much said that it was illegal to possess, possess marijuana unless you had, had it for medical use or industrial use. So... By this time, we all know then we go into the Reagan era. We had a war against drugs and they were pretty much attacking anybody who possessed drugs, quote unquote, the urban neighborhoods, because, you know, they were locking people up by numbers. So I ain't going to get deep in that. But basically, uh, I just want to talk about the beginning of history because I find it interesting that it's funny how everything is going in full circles. Like it was it was OK back in the day like in the 1600s you know using marijuana well they probably weren't used for recreational use maybe they were but who knows back then <laughs> but they were using it for medication and stuff like that but then when you see other people using it then it's like oh no we got to put a stop to this now this is crazy but now as times go on lo and behold you're starting to see states now uh, either allow people to use it for recreational use or to at least use it for um, medical purposes, which I find pretty interesting now. And then also, what I find interesting is now that they're discovering that, hello, that is actually good for certain things, such as uh, reducing anxiety. Um, it also helps with inflammation, relieves pain, and controls nausea, vom vomiting, uh, apparently, allegedly kills cancer cells or slow tumor growth, relax tight muscles, uh, and people with MS, and then also stimulate. Well, we all know how it stimulates appetite and stuff like that. Well, if you have a problem eating, um, and then hey, listen, if you have a problem sleeping too, it also helps you with sleeping as well. So it's funny now in the future. Well, in the future, we are in the future, <laughs> but it's funny how now. They start to discover that, lo and behold, that this plan is actually good for you. Now, it, it's, it's crazy how they went about it and banned it just because, again, everything always just has to be about race. And it's sad. And and one of the things with them banning the stuff, again, like, let's go back to when in the 1600s they were using hemp, hemp for, like, material things. And they stopped using it at that time and started using, like, start cutting down trees which by the way is not good for the planet when you're cutting down trees but hemp paper is significantly is significantly getting tongue-tied here better for the planet actually and it requires fewer chemicals than the use of trees like we're using chemicals it's bad um it's bad for the water the chemicals that we use to make paper whereas hemp again is less chemicals and then it grows it's, I think, like 60 times faster than trees. But the thing I think with, with the hemp plants, there's only certain parts that you can use to actually 
make paper. So you probably have to use more versus actually using a tree. And using trees is a lot cheaper. But again, it's, it's, it's bad for the planet in general because you're cutting down forests and then like you're, you're killing, you need the plants for oxygen. It also controls the weather too as well. When we start cutting down forests and all this stuff, burning down trees and all this stuff that throws everything off. Listen, I'm all about the whole thing with the weather change and I believe in that stuff. When it's like 70 degrees in winter or like we in spring and all of a sudden it goes down to 40 degrees and start rain or snow, nah, nah, man, that's not normal. Come on. But yeah, man, like we always gotta, it's a cheaper and more dangerous way. But it's funny how now you see that hemp is starting to come back and clothing and lotion, things of that nature, they're starting to see that that stuff is healthy. So um, at least some people in this country is coming to their senses, but still a lot of countries still making this illegal. I did see that, I think it's Jersey. They're actually um, making it legal for recreational use, I think tomorrow, the 21st, which is kind of messed up for them because it would have been pretty dope if they did it for 420, but I guess they weren't ready for all the people to bum rush them as far as like products and stuff. So they probably had to get ready to go. But, <laughs> but yeah, man, it's, again, it's just pretty interesting. I, I per se, I say, listen, do as you choose, whether you do it or not, it's up to you. Some people say this is a gateway drug, but I don't see how it is. I think pills more so would be a gateway drug. Listen, I had my wisdom teeth taken out before. I had some Oxycontin. I can see how some people get hooked to that. And that's not good for you as well, man, because pills, they eat at your stomach. They make you constipated. It's not, listen, and some people get addicted to this stuff. And I can see why, because it does, like, make you feel like you're floating and all that good stuff. But listen, man, that stuff ain't good for you at all. And it's funny, like, how certain places, they push pills more so than something that's natural. Eh, that's just me. But, hey, listen, do as you please. If you like the 420 it up, hey, that's what's up. If you don't, listen, find another substitute. Don't do alcohol all the time. Don't do pills. Listen, natural is the best way. That's just me. If you need to find some kind of escape, just go natural. <laughs> Especially now, because most of these states are making it legal anyway. So, but... That's going to wrap it up with my news blitz or a history lesson and why marijuana was banned in the first place. We'll be right back with this can't be real life or this can't be real news right after this. And now it's time for... Hey yo, this can't be real life. That's right, everybody. It's now time for this can't be real life. Or this can't be real news. Where we talk about news topics that don't sound like it's real news. But hey, listen. It's actually real news. So, let's talk about this new study that was discovered in dolphins, man. Dolphins, man. I'm telling you, they some interesting creatures. Never seen to surprise me. <laughs> um, one minute, they're getting high off of puffer fishes. Now, apparently, 
uh, they're able to form bromances or alliances. Yeah, apparently there's a new study by biologists at the University of North Florida. They discovered that dolphins form long-term alliances or bromances in which two males pair up for at least as long as 15 years. Now, why is it up to 15 years? I don't, I don't know. Maybe they just get tired of each other after a while. Maybe they just grow old and grow apart. Who knows? Maybe by that time, uh, they'll they'll find that one for them, or the homie will find the one joint for the other. Who knows? But 15 years is when the time is up. <laughs> now, um, each one serves as the other's wingman and helping them find a fertile female. Even at times, they team up with other male pairs to keep females from mating with the other males. Now, wouldn't this be a fin man rather than wing man? Because they don't have wings. <laughs> It'll be fin man. Psych, <laughs> <Like>, nah. <laughs> but for real. Um, I find that pretty interesting. Now, the uh, who was this that discovered this? Uh, it was uh, Dr. Quincy Gibson. He's an assistant professor of coastal behavioral biology at the University of North Florida. Now, he's been studying 300 dolphins um, in, this, uh, in, in this particular atmosphere. He's been investigating their social structure and complexity, their maternal care strategies, and calf development. So he's been studying, um, studying a, a lot. He's 300. I don't know how he keeps track of them and no which ones form the bromance, but apparently, hey, listen, man, dolphins, they get high, they find their homies, and then, you know, they go out and get chicks. They, they serve as a wingman, or fin man in this case. <laughs> but, um, yeah, man, like I said, they never seem to cease the amazing, man. Dolphins, uh, yeah, they interesting creatures, man. Still, I don't trust them, though. They may come out playful and stuff like that. That's probably because they're high, but I still think they're pretty dangerous. That's just me. Now, moving on to something else pretty interesting here. Guinness World Records, man. There's always some kind of weird record that's out there that's people breaking. Uh, for this, for instance here, we have Douglas Smith. Um, he's known as a competitive guy. Uh, he has this vegetable garden in the back of his home. Now, this British gardener, um, he's harvested a nearly seven-pound tomato um, at one point, he had a 624-pound pumpkin and a 20-foot 20 tall sunflower in his yard, in his garden behind his house. Now, he won another Guinness record. Um, he shattered his previous record of 488 tomatoes um, on one stem. That new record uh, that he smashed it's uh now he has 839 cherry tomatoes he managed to get on one stem this was uh in september i guess this was past september 839 cherry tomatoes on one stem like how do you even do that and why like what who has the time in the world to even like go through all that 488 is enough my man said listen i'm a do more than double what i did last time um, that record was held, that 488 that he had before was held for more than 10 years. Um, and then he just shattered this one just uh, you know, a few months ago. 839 cherry tomatoes on one stem. And I saw the picture. It looked pretty crazy. 
But, man, listen. Like I said, man, some people, you get these crazy Guinness records, man. That's real random. I didn't know they really tracked something like that. Man, I need to find something that I could do so I could get noticed. Some random record. Another random record here. How about this one here? Um, it's a gentleman by the name of Romero Alanis, I believe is his name. Uh, he previously broke a record for most cinema productions he attended. Um of the same film in 2019. Now, he watched the Avengers Endgame 191 times. Good God. Like, huh? That's crazy. But he uh, he went on, listen, that's not even the half of it. Now, he went on to watch Spider-Man the most recent Spider-Man, I believe it was, uh, yeah, Spider-Man No Way Home. He watched this movie 292 times. 292 times. He shattered the record for watching this movie 292 times. First of all, who has all the time in the world to watch a movie 292 times? He spent 720 hours pretty much to break this record and he spent 30 days watching this movie this is from december 16th of 2021 to march 15th of 2022 sheesh so he spent around three thousand four hundred dollars on movie tickets just to break a record for watching spider-man no way home for 292 times bro you could just gave me that 3400 and i could have put that to better use like are you kidding me man 3400 dollars to break a record for watching a movie you wasted now again don't get me wrong spider-man no way home is a pretty good movie but you wasted 720 hours of your life just to break a meaningless record wasted $3,400, man. You could have gave that to me. I could have put that to major use, man. But, hey, listen. To each they own, right? You, you know, you know. some people, you live their life, they want to get, you know, receive some kind of enjoyment and certain achievements. I guess, in this case, yeah, he wanted to accomplish Watching a movie 292 times, wasting 3,000. Listen, let me just get over that real fast. Um, One situation here where I'm pretty sure a guy, he actually earned a lot of money, and I'm sure he's not going to, well, I'm pretty sure his coworkers aren't going to get over this situation or his job, at least. Um, This guy by the name of Kevin Berlin, um, he claims that his company threw him an unwanted party. Now, this man won a $450,000 lawsuit after this unwanted office party. Now, according to the lawsuit um, that was filed in Kentucky, Mr. Berlin, he suffers from anxiety disorders, and he asked his manager not to celebrate his birthday at work, as they normally do, you know, for people's birthdays. Now, I know, P.Y.R., you had jobs where, you know, people would throw you parties, or have balloons and cakes and stuff like that. I don't know if they were yell surprised because I never really had, you know, a 
place where they'd be like, surprise, you usually go in, you see a cubicle decorated, or, you know, you go in and, you know, you'll just see decorations up and balloons and everybody say, you know, surprise, but nothing where the lights off and people jump and scare you. Now, in this case, this guy, again, he suffers from anxiety disorders and he asks his managers not, you know, not to do it because he's seen it done with other employees. Um, now, he said this because it could potentially result in a panic attack and it could bring back uncomfortable childhood memories. Well, despite his request, um, they threw him a surprise birthday party anyway. This is back in August of 2019. And, yeah, pretty much he had a whole anxiety attack and broke down. And came up with $450,000. Now, I didn't know, like, that's even possible. Now, at first, I was going to laugh because I, I thought it was pretty funny at first, but then I seen, you know, it, you know, he's suffering from a, a couple of childhood memories, so who knows what he went through in the past, but I still find it kind of funny that $450,000, though, for an unwanted birthday party, that's a lot of money. Now, I don't know if he's going to be still working at the company. He better put that 450000 to use because I'm pretty sure um, they're on bad terms right now in this case. And it's back in 2019. It's 2022. I'm pretty sure they kind of severed ties a long time ago in this case. Um, but dang, 450000 for an unwanted birthday party? And listen, if he told the manager not to throw the party, why did he do it in the first place? Or if you at least gonna throw the party, leave the lights on, and just have the balloons and decorations showing. They just straight up said, F that, we just gonna go all out on you. We won't care. We won't care about your anxiety. F your anxiety. <laughs> um, last but not least, how about somebody else wasting money again? Um, this person here, there was a person in Paris, an art collector, who paid 1.2 million for a receipt. Yeah, for a receipt. Now, apparently, this receipt, this uh, art collector, he paid $1.2 million for a receipt. Um, this receipt dates back to an exposition, exhibition back in, in the 1950s uh, where a French artist by the name of Yves Klein charged money for people to see his invisible art. Yeah. So, apparently... This art collector paid $1.2 million for a receipt that another artist gave to someone for invisible art. I don't... You talk about a waste of money, man. Listen, anybody out there that's listening to this, if you're going to make some kind of foolish purchase of any kind of $1,000 or more, listen, just, just send it over here. Like, people paying $1.2 million for receipts... People blowing, uh, what was it, 3400 on movie tickets? Like, man, what are y'all doing out here, man? There's better ways to utilize your funds. Be smart out there, people. And then you pay $1.2 million again for a receipt for art that nobody wasn't even seeing in the first place. The person who, who got the receipt in the, in the beginning is the full... Per, first, first of all, the person who came up with blank art is the foolish person is crazy but i guess he's kind of smart because um i don't know how much he sold whoever 
you know, went to see. I don't know how much he sold it to them for because it didn't give the price that was on the receipt. But man, listen, whoever sold him that receipt and came up 1.2 mil, I guess you one of the smartest people in the world, man. I need to find like a old, I need to find a receipt, rub it in some dirt, say it's from like 1940s and it's from somebody who shown some kind of BS art somewhere. I don't know, man. I gotta find an easy come up because this is crazy right here. <laughs> but that's gonna wrap it up for this can't be real life or this can't be real news. We'll be right back with Zofiles right after this. And now it's time for Zofiles. <laughs> That's right, everybody. It's now time for Zofiles. We're talking about conspiracy theories or strange discoveries that's not really talked about in mainstream media. So, for this episode, I'm going to talk about Project Bluebeam. Now, I don't know if anybody's familiar with Project Bluebeam. Um, it's pretty much um, a project, I guess you could say, or a plan where um, NASA along with other quote-unquote secret societies are trying to create this technology that's going to simulate the second coming of Christ. Well, apparently there was this journalist who was out there who was uh, investigating and, you know, was trying to bring light to the situation. So the journalist, was um, he went by the name of Serge, Sergei Manas, who was, um, he was an active member of the Social Credit Party of Canada. This was a populist political party that was uh, in Canada. They were more, you know, they were for the people and they were against the quote-unquote elite. Now, in the 1990s, he started writing um, on the New World Order and um, other conspiracies that were done by this, the quote-unquote secret society. Um, he founded the International Free Press Agency where he published most of his work and appeared on UFOologist um, shows on television multiple times where he was warning people about, you know, the one world government, you know, was trying to give people a heads up about what was, you know, coming, what they were trying to plan. Now, in 1994, he published um, Project Bluebeam, where he detailed claims, again, that NASA, with the help of the United Nations were to create a new religion with technology technology simulating the second coming of Christ. So they were pretty much going to, or he was saying they were going to simulate pretty much the end of the world, the coming of the Antichrist and, you know, the, you know, quote unquote Christ coming back and, you know, we're going to have everybody come together under this new religion once everything is said and done. Um, basically, this was his saying this was their plan. Now, in 1995, um, he also spoke on, uh, he spoke on a Masonic group called um, the 666. That's what he called them. And um, he said for 20 years, they have been gathering the world's powerful people to, you know, establish this new world order. Now, in 95 and 96, he started becoming paranoid 
after talking about this because he said he was being hunted by police and other authorities for his involvement in quote-unquote networks of prohibited information. So I guess, you know, people saying, you know, he's digging in, digging in a little too much and exposing a bit much here. Now, they took his two kids that were being homeschooled and they were, you know, they were awarded a state in September of 1996 where, you know, they uh, entered into public school. And then by December of 96, um, he died. This is Mr. Manas. He passed away in 96 uh, from a heart attack. This happened a day after spending a night in jail. Now, people are saying this is suspicious because, you know, you know, he was paranoid that authorities was looking for him because he was exposing, quote unquote, too much information. You know, he ended up in jail and then, you know, he comes out, goes home and then, you know, lo and behold, he has a heart attack and passes away. So some people are believing that they gave him some kind of drug or something like that. They drugged him or something. They sent him home um, to, you know, make it look like he passed away of natural causes. And again, this is because he was exposing quote unquote too much. Now, um, the whole thing with Project Bluebeam, a lot of people, you know, say that, you know, this is actually a real thing, you know, due to satellites that's in the sky. There's a lot of satellites that's up there above us. You know, who knows what's actually being portrayed. Um, I know some people tried to say um, uh, Project Bluebeam Blue was in the works during 9-11 because they were trying to say that um, some of the planes were missiles apparently, but the projection on the missile, they made it seem like it was a plane, which that I think is pretty crazy. But do I think they have some kind of technology like that where they can simulate something in the sky or anything? Yeah, I believe so. I mean, just look at look at the um, NFL games when you see like, um, I mean, it's not really exactly the whole blue, blue beam project. But if you watch certain games, like let's say if you're watching a Panthers game, they'll show like a Panther looks like it's in the stadium and it's jumping around, you know, through the stands and stuff like that on television. That's kind of like that technology. It's just that it's portrayed to us on TV. Now, I'm sure they could do something like that in real life. I mean, look at the uh, hologram Tupac um, at, at the one concert. So it is possible they could do that, have that kind of technology. And, you know, it's just all about how they do it now. Whether this guy, you know, Sergey, you know, whether, you know, what he, what he was trying to warn us is true. Who knows whether it's true or not. But I do believe that kind of technology is out there. Um, have they used it on us yet? Uh, who knows? And it's hard to say. Um, it's, it's a lot of stuff out there that we just don't know. A lot of technology that they have out there that we just, we just don't understand. Um, sometimes I think like what we see in the sky sometimes is, is portrayed off of satellite sometimes certain images and things like that um, look at China I think it was back in October of 2015 um, that was a situation where somebody said it was a project blue beam situation where it looked like it was a city that was floating in the sky some people say it was a city from an alternate universe or another dimension something like that whatever um, some people say it was, it was Project Bluebeam. Um, they were like showing the image or portraying an image in the sky of another city. And it looked like it was kind of weird. They said it was like a mirage, some kind of thing with clouds and the weather. It was something weird they were saying. 
But it looked straight up like it was another city that was just floating in the sky. It looked pretty dope, but also pretty weird at the same time. Um, but listen, if you want to think outside the box, again, like who knows what those satellites are portraying up there. Maybe they are trying to keep us from seeing certain things in the sky. And that's why there's so many satellites that's floating up there above Earth. Something to think about. <laughs> and hey, listen, man, this guy was trying to warn us of something. And, you know, taking him to jail one day, here today, going tomorrow. Seems like to be the theme whenever, like, you know, you read some of these, like, conspiracy story things where people try to expose things, you know, they get kind of paranoid and then, you know, they mysteriously disappear or pass away. It makes you think and wonder sometimes, man. So, mm. well, yeah, Project Blue Beam, just something I thought was pretty interesting that, you know what I mean, just want to bring to y'all attention. So, that's going to wrap it up for Zofiles. We'll be right back with Celebrity News right after this. The rich, the classy, the juicy, the latest Celebrity News. Hey! Everybody, that's right. It's time for celebrity news. We're talking about news in the entertainment business, but in this case here, because it's 420, let's talk about some of the celebrities who I wouldn't mind enjoying 420 with. So let's start with the bottom. We're gonna go with, um, and this again, this is no offense whatsoever. Like this is a list that, again, the people that I would love to enjoy, you know, enjoying 420 with. Let's start with Seth Rogen. Obviously, man, he had plenty of movies. Hilarious guy. One of my favorite movies by him, by the way. Knocked Up. Oh, my God. That movie is hilarious. Um, he's also funny in 40-Year-Old Version and a lot of other movies, too, that he made. But those are just, like, classic. But, man, dude is funny to me. I can imagine how he is. If, you know what I mean, partaking in that activity. Um, Pineapple Express, man. Hilarious, hilarious movie. Especially if you are partaking of 420, you watch that too. That movie's freaking hilarious. But, um, yeah, Seth Rogen, uh, hilarious guy. So, of course, man, why not enjoy 420? Somebody else. Let's say, uh, let's go with Method and Red Man. They got to come as a pair, though. Of course, man. They both hilarious guys. Um, what's that movie? They got How High, man. Still one of my favorite movies with them in it. Um, and then just them in general, their personalities, man, and their music. You get the vibe out to some music and shit with them and laugh it up because they both clowns too. So yeah, Meth and Red Man definitely um, would be on my list too. Going up next, how about Wiz Khalifa? Gotta have Wiz in there. Um, not with the shorts though, just Wiz chilling, you know, rather work regular clothes though. <laughs> but not nah, for real. Um, Wiz Khalifa, man, he's just a cool, chill ass bull. So, yeah, definitely with my and his music dope, too. And he was real chill. He like his chill laid back. Uh, I don't know if I can hang with him uh, consistently because that, you know what I mean, they be going in, Helmet and Snoop. But, yeah, yeah, definitely be cool just to chill out, vibe out. And, you know what I mean, partaking that, too, as well. Um, next up on my list, I have Martha Stewart. Now, I was going to pair her with Snoop because they had the cooking show. But, I mean... One and two. Listen, you gotta have them a pair. So I'm gonna just say Martha Stewart too. 
Snoop Dogg won, of course, obviously. But them as a pair, yeah. Um, because of the fact that Martha Stewart be cooking. And then Snoop, be, you know what I mean? Be doing the thing thing. So, yeah, that and the food. And listen, man, you're going to be eating right with Martha Stewart there, too, as well, man. That food going to be popping, too. Once you get done doing what you're doing, going it down, listen, man, that's going to be amazing. So, yeah, definitely I had to have them two on the top of the list, man, because you get the best of both worlds, man. Why not? You get well, actually triple because you get the music for Snoop, you get the, the food from Martha, and you get the, you know, the kind of green for both of them, too. <laughs> um, but a surprise one on my list here, I didn't know this guy partaking in this activity, too, but Patrick Stewart, by the way. Uh, I don't know anybody know him from Star Trek, but uh, I, you know what? I'm not too surprised because seeing his character on American Dad, uh, Deputy, what is it, Director Avery Bulla? I mean, that character's pretty crazy on there. And some of the stuff he be saying kind of makes sense now. But, um, man, he's a pretty funny guy, great actor. And I wouldn't mind too, man. He probably a little crazy, probably a little funny. So it'd be interesting to see, you know, how he is like that. <laughs> but that's just my brief list of some of the celebrities that I think would pretty, pretty, be pretty dope to, you know, partake in that activity with on our 420. Um, so, we'll be right back. Uh, I, I don't know if Enzo the Cupid is going to be here because I think he kind of kind of got zoned out on that ganja green. So, we're going to give him a break on this episode. So, we're going to be right back with the closing <laughs> right after this. y'all that's gonna wrap it up for hypocritical millennial episode number 30 um i was gonna let enzo to keep it come through but he's a little preoccupied now he's back yeah he's back there taking bomb reps now so uh, you excuse <laughs> but anyway yeah so like i said that's gonna wrap it up for episode number 30 30 30 um before we go though let's ask some compelling questions um for those of us out there, if you're partaking of 420, if you're with someone that's, you know, doing that activity now, later on, tomorrow, next week, hey, listen, 420 is every day. Yeah, you know I mean, if you want to be honest. But some questions you want to ask next time you're chilling with your friends. Uh, one here, can you daydream at night? Something to think about there, huh? Um, how about this one? If you're in a competition by yourself, you come first or are you last? Something to think about. How about this one here? If life is unfair to everyone, does that mean life is actually fair? <laughs> and then how about this one? What time is it not? That one I don't really get. Now maybe I'm tripping. But what time is it not? Yeah, I, I think I'm be confused even if I was sober on that one there. Um, there's another one. What's the highest thing you ever done? That you would know. That's not like a compelling question that gets somebody thinking. If how about this? If actions speak louder than words, is speaking also an action? 
<laughs> the heck? That's weird. What the hell? All right, and then let me find one more here. Let me find one that's interesting. All right, does being up for something mean the same thing as being down for something? Hey, you still think about it. Yeah, I'm up for it. Yeah, I'm down for it. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I guess that does mean it's the same thing. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, that's just some weird questions just to ask. You know, your friends and stuff while you partaking in 420 get you thinking. What's some compelling questions that get you thinking while you in your zone in your bag? What do you be thinking about when you're in your bag that got you be wondering sometimes? We all get deep in thought when we be in our bag in our zone. So hit me up and let me know what you be thinking sometimes. Where you be zoning up, where your mind be wandering into. <laughs> but as stated, this is gonna wrap it up for episode number 30. Again, thank you everybody for checking your boy out. Um, you can hit me up and show me some love on Instagram. That's the number three, N-Z-O-5-T-A-R. I'm on there. Also, I'm about to start putting some YouTube. I promise you, YouTube videos are going to be up. That's the number three, N-Z-O-5-T-A-R. And gentlemen, exactly how gentlemen spell. Exactly just said. Um, also, look out for Rapping About Sports. Uh, by, or I say, just say episode one is out now. Episode two will be dropping tomorrow, so keep a lookout for that too as well. Um, I guess uh, episode 31 on the way, coming next week. Uh, what are we now? Uh, we have, we're three episodes away now, right? Yeah, three episodes away from the end of season one. I'm going to wrap it up and, you know, get ready for season two. But for now, hey, listen, we still here season one, so let's not jump ahead too far. So, anyway, with that being said, hey, listen, y'all enjoy y'all week. Enjoy the rest of your 420. And, hey, listen, like I said, it's 420 every day. Bye-bye. <laughs> but, nah, for real, though. Hey, listen, man. Y'all evolve. Do not dissolve. Create. Do not procrastinate. Really, man, create. Don't procrastinate, man. Be the better you. Be blessed. Be free of stress. Peace, I'm out.